Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge against an incredibly inappropriate professor. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, giving my mother a taste of payback. I'm going to preface this by saying that if you have parents who love and care for you, you don't know how lucky you truly are. This thread's about people who grew up with crappy parents, and the fact that there are people who go through these kinds of things saddens me. The fact that I can relate to so many of these things prove that I might need therapy a little more intensely than I thought I did, and so do many of you. Like many of the people on this thread, I grew up in an extremely dysfunctional family. My parents met when my father was 32 and my mother was 15, and their union has always been a recipe for trouble. My mother's parents tried to do everything in their power to keep my mother away from her predator of a boyfriend, but it proved impossible and after my mother turned 18 they both eloped. My father was a biker, I've only seen pictures of him, and he was a handsome, leather jacket wearing man. I do see the appeal, but that doesn't stop him from being a predator. He and my mother didn't start having children until she turned 21, and they had my older brother Mark first. I came two years later, and my little brother Min came barely 11 months after. Not too long after Min was born, my father died of a brain aneurysm. It was sudden, shocking, and no one could have expected it. Because he was a biker, a lot of his fellow biker friends showed up for my mother and promised to be hands-on in helping take care of us. And they were. They shared responsibilities among themselves, like getting us groceries, paying for our education, among other things. I was too young to remember most of these things, but my older brother often says that we had a pretty normal childhood until I turned 5. At 5 years old, my mother suddenly flipped on us. She became really angry and abusive, beating us up for no reason and then lying to people that we were bad kids who got into fights. Somehow word got out and parents started asking their kids not to play with us. We grew up having only ourselves as friends. As if the fact that she lied about us wasn't enough, she also slept around with a lot of husbands in the neighborhood and made their wives very angry and bitter, therefore transferring that aggression towards us as well. The few times they would send us home with scathing messages for our mother, she would hit us for delivering the messages. Although she was very aggressive with all three of us, her anger towards me was even more. I had no idea why, but it was just like that. I recall one day when I was 12 years old, a friend of my father's came to discuss taking my brothers with him and his family as they moved to the city so that they could get better opportunities. They also needed more hands on the farm that he was taking over and promised to continue to help in the small ways that he could. I had just returned from school and when I passed I greeted him and my mother. He called me beautiful and told my mother that I looked more like her every day. The second I looked at my mother, I knew that once my father's friend left, it was going to be heck for me. And it was. 
My mother beat me up to a pulp that night, screaming at me telling me that I would never be as beautiful as she was or as good looking as my father. She continued to scream and yell and say mean things and slurs at me. What shocked me the most about the ordeal was that she cried bitterly as she beat me. To clear any confusion about my mother using slurs at me, my father is black and my mother is white and blonde. My brothers look like carbon copies of my father but with slightly lighter skin, while I look like a female version of my father but with red curly hair. The red hair gene must have skipped a couple of genes in one or both of my parents' lineage, but I got it. For some reason, it was a bone of contention between my mother and I because I had refused to dye it blonde or straighten it. With a mother that emotionally and physically abusive, things certainly were very exhausting. But for some reason, I felt like it was my job to cradle my mother when she did things like this. She talked about my father like she lost him just months before, and it made sense that she needed the outlet to let her emotions out. I went on with this until I finished high school. At that time, I had a job that let me get myself a phone and communicate with my brothers in the city. My older brother was halfway through college, and he'd been telling me about coming to join him. The tuition fee was affordable, and they had programs for students of color that could result in scholarships for me. I was excited and shared the news of my mother, and she seemed just as excited as I was. For the whole time, she supported me and made me feel like I was doing the right thing. Just a few days after I got my admission letter in the mail, I was still busy with graduation preparations, so I hadn't really settled down to celebrate or tell anyone but my brothers. But I noticed that my mother had started to display signs of mental illness. At the time I didn't know, but she claimed to be hearing voices and seeing things that were not there hallucinations and delusions as she called them. I attributed it to exhaustion and advised her to rest and eat more. On prom night, I was able to get out of the house and enjoy most of my night until I got a call from a next door neighbor that my mother had just tried to end things. It was a shock to me and instead of going to my graduation the next day, I followed my mother to a hospital appointment where I was told that she had schizophrenia. It was a little wild considering that she'd been fine barely two weeks ago, but I took the diagnosis in good stride and started discussing treatment options with the doctor. When we got home that day, I informed my brothers about everything and they for some reason were not surprised. They just asked me to be careful and let them know if I needed anything. Later that night as I slept, I could feel someone hovering over me. When I opened my eyes, it was my mother standing over me with a knife and a dark look in her eyes. I was beyond scared and wanted to run for my dear life when she just broke down and began sobbing, asking me to not leave her for school because she couldn't live alone. I kept silent and waited for her to just leave like she usually did after she did these sorts of things, but instead she held it to her throat and told me to swear that I would never leave her or she would end things. I didn't end up swearing, but I was able to convince her, take it away and take her back to her room. She insisted that I slept with her, and for the next couple of days, she was so nice to me. It scared the heck out of me, because she would make breakfast before I woke up, offered to braid my hair, and she even gave me some jewelry that she said were family heirlooms. I told my brothers, and they convinced me that this was a ploy to keep me home. I believed that my mom had changed her ways and I was determined to prove them wrong. That was until three days later when I overheard her speaking to a friend of hers and telling them that she had pretended to be mentally ill to get me to stay with her until I was ripe enough for marriage. 
She also mentioned that she had a suitor for me when I turned 18 and he's promised to pay her off handsomely when he got married to me. I was so hurt because I had done nothing but love my mother and try to support her and during this time I had deferred my college admission for another year to be with her and she had taken all of my efforts and then turned them into crap with her lying just for cheap promo. I wanted to reach out to my brothers and tell them everything but I was just too upset. I cried for a few days but once I was able to get myself straight again, I decided to take revenge on my mom, but not without proof. With her diagnosis for the hospital, I decoded that something was not right and I wanted to find out myself what the actual problem was. I reached out to mental health professionals and asked them to evaluate my mother's condition. I also found a way to reach my grandparents from both my parents' sides to ask if they had any history of schizophrenia in their lineages. My mother had told my brothers and I that our grandparents rejected us. But when I contacted my grandparent, they were very happy to speak with me, begging to see me. My mother's parents actually burst into tears when they confirmed that it was me. When we went through all of the pleasantries, they let me know that their daughter was an opportunist and would hurt anybody to get her way. After speaking with my grandparents and getting proof that schizophrenia didn't run in our family, I went to research the doctor that diagnosed my mother only to find that he was a sham and ran an illegal underground plastic surgery operation. Realizing that my mother was faking her mental illness just to gain sympathy and control over me was so heartbreaking and the fact that despite her abuse to me all these years, I wanted to stick with her and would have if I hadn't realized that she was deliberately hurting me felt worse than anything else. I watched enough YouTube to get a brain aneurysm and two months later then bugged my mother's phone. For the next two months, I was able to get recordings of my mother's meetings and arrangements with people that she talked to about her plans for me and compile them into one long recording and then I confronted her about it. As I expected, she attacked me and beat me up until my eyes swelled over. I looked so bad but I'd never been happier to be beaten up. I dragged myself to the police and reported my mother and then I asked to file a case against her. There was a lot of evidence against her and I won the case in court while she got a sentence for child abuse, beating up a minor and then planning to get me married off as a minor to a much older man. She got up to 10 years and her fake doctor got about 15 years too. I reunited with my brothers and my grandparents, and it turns out that both grandparents on both sides were very rich. Everything that we hadn't gotten in our childhood, they gave it to us, and it really felt like we had finally met our happy ever after. In prison, my mother got diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, so it turned out that she actually was mentally ill just diagnosed with the wrong one. To be fair, to act like that, I feel like you kind of have to have some kind of mental illness. I mean, normal people just wouldn't in any way act like OP's mother did here. It's not really a great surprise that the quack, fake, pretend doctor diagnosed them with the wrong thing. I mean, that's just the diagnosis they wanted, right? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of nuclear revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Revenge on a Perverted Professor There are so many things that could happen to a student, but being harassed by your professor is among the worst. I would just like to share my experience with the world. I was always a happy-go-lucky kid. I loved being in the presence of people and I loved to be around my family and friends. 
I was also really great to be around as well, so it was a win-win. From preschool to high school, I was popular and bright and voted most likely to succeed in every class from middle school till I graduated from school, so I knew that I wasn't just an ordinary kid. I had always been determined to make my dreams of becoming a successful company lawyer a reality. I worked hard, studied diligently. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Legitimately, and had been on track to graduate with top honors from a prestigious law school, which I won't name because I don't want any backlash. However, everything changed when I became the target of my perverted professor's advances. Professor Jones was our contract law professor and he was a very cold and quiet man. He never repeated himself in class and was always mean to everyone. I didn't think too much of it because I sat up front and never had problems hearing. He stopped coming to school for a few weeks in my second semester and I heard a rumor about him having a run-in with a student. It was almost then that I heard that he had a reputation for inappropriate behavior towards female students. I shrugged and thanked my stars that he hasn't noticed me while praying that he never would. I even moved my seating position to the middle, closer to the back, during my second year. I thought I was untouchable. Until one day, after a test, everyone got their results. Professor Jones asked me to meet in his office, and I went there innocently. He then told me that I was beautiful, and he wanted me as his sugar baby. I was shocked, but I politely declined, took my test paper, and left. I knew how it ended for everyone that he'd ever approached, and I feared that my aspirations were more and more out of reach as the days passed. I was increasingly anxious about attending his classes because being so free and having him not attacking me for turning him down felt unusual. I dreaded going to school and couldn't concentrate during lectures, constantly on edge and anticipating the next time the professor would make unwanted advances toward me. It happened like that for a month until we wrote a midterm paper and he failed me. I knew that he had failed me deliberately and I was fuming. But I refused to take the bait and go and see him in his office concerning it. When he saw that I didn't fall for his trap, he began to follow me into corners like the parking lot and bars I would frequent with my friends, and I once saw him at the pool. I thought I could ignore it, but the harassment and stalking only got worse. He would compliment me about my appearance in public, and whenever he could catch me somewhat alone, They escalated to unwanted physical contact and suggestive comments. He would demand that I come into his office and then make inappropriate comments about my body. He would often touch me in ways I shouldn't be touched, making me violated and disgusted with myself. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. I felt worthless because of what I'd been subjected to. I felt trapped and scared, unsure of what to do. 
I knew that reporting Professor Jones could jeopardize my future career because he could just deny it like he did the others, and I couldn't bear to live with the constant embarrassment of just being another lying girl. One day I confided in my best friend about what was happening. He was shocked and outraged, and he urged me to report the professor, but I was hesitant, not wanting to be labeled as a troublemaker or a liar. Those are two of my greatest fears. My best friend suggested finding a way to have plausible evidence that the school could not resist again, and then show it to the school so that the harassment would end. I agreed with him, and as I researched, I soon discovered that Professor Jones had a serious gambling addiction and was in deep debt. I decided to take matters into my own hands. I used this information to my advantage and started frequenting the same casino as Professor Jones and playing against him, purposely losing small amounts of money to gain his trust. He started to see it as me cooperating, which could not have been farther from the truth. Eventually, I convinced Professor Jones to invite me to a high-stakes poker game. I knew that this was my only chance to get revenge on that bloody harasser, so I spent weeks studying the game and perfecting my winning strategy. I also tipped a few people here and there to rig the game. Jones played for fun. I knew I would have some sort of edge over him. Even though he had played for years, he was still a sore loser. The night of the game arrived, and I was nervous but determined. I knew that if I won, I would not only get revenge on Professor Jones, but also pay off my looming student loans, which was a looming issue. The game was intense, but I remained calm and focused. Using my knowledge of his terrible technique and hints from the kind of water, I managed to win a large sum of money. The professor was devastated and begged me to let him keep playing, but I refused. As I walked away from the table, I felt a sense of satisfaction and relief. But once I found my way to the parking lot, I found that he had followed me. He pushed me against the wall and called me many colorful names, threatening to fail me and then violate me and end me. It was scary, and my life flashed before my eyes. Thankfully, a staff member saw him follow me and came to inspect everything. He dragged Professor Jones off me and made sure I got in my car safely. As I drove back home, I realized that the interaction in the strip club could be used in my case. So I went back and got the clip with a little sob story to the chief of staff at the casino. She was very understanding, hugging me tightly and telling me about how she wished she knew someone like me during her own college days. The aftermath of my revenge plan was not easy. Professor Jones was fired from the law school and I had to deal with the fallout of his actions. I was initially praised for my bravery but soon faced backlash from some who believed that I may have gone too far. I struggled with feelings of guilt and shame, which was hard because I was used to being the star of the academic show. I had always been a good student, but now I felt like a criminal. It was like I had lost everything I was hoping for and ruined another man's career at the same time. I also struggled under the financial burden of my student loans, even after winning the poker game. My attending a prestigious law school was by luck and sheer coincidence, and my family was poor. I didn't need them suffering any more than they already were. If everything went the wrong way, I might end up dead or be kicked out of college for lying. Even though the school knew what Professor Jones did, for some reason, they chose to cover up for him, even with all the challenges. 
I knew that I had done the right thing. I had exposed a predator and put an end to his reign of terror. I had also empowered myself and others to speak out against sexual harassment and abuse. And boy, there were a lot of victims. Over time, I started to heal, finding support from my family, friends, and even strangers who admired my courage. I also discovered a new passion for activism. In the months that followed, using my experience, I dedicated myself to raising awareness about harassment and abuse in schools and universities. I spoke at rallies, wrote articles for the school newspaper, and lobbied for stricter policies to protect students from predators like Professor Jones. Eventually, I graduated with top honors and landed a job at a prestigious law firm. I knew that my journey had not been easy, but I also knew that I had the strength and courage to overcome any obstacle. Looking back, I realized that my experience has shaped me in ways that I could have never have imagined. I had learned to stand up for myself, to fight for what I believed in, and to never give up on my dreams. As I walked across the stage to receive my diploma, I felt a sense of pride and accomplishment. I knew that I had earned this moment and had a bright future ahead of me. The investigation into Professor Jones's behavior continued and more victims came forward. They said my bravery had inspired others to speak out and it soon became clear that Professor Jones had been using his position of power to prey on vulnerable students for years. The media picked up on the story and it became a national scandal. I found myself at the center of attention as the one who exposed him, with reporters and news outlets clamoring to interview me about my role in bringing down Professor Jones. At first, I was hesitant to speak to the media. I didn't want to be seen as seeking attention or fame, but I soon realized that my story could inspire more people to come forward and speak out against sexual harassment and abuse people who were scared of what their lives would turn out to be if they outed their abusers. I agreed to do a few interviews and was amazed by the response. People from all over the country reached out to me, thanking me for my bravery and sharing their own stories of harassment. I was humbled by the outpouring of support, but I knew that my work wasn't done yet. I wanted to do more to help victims of similar cases and to prevent others from suffering the way I had. I decided to use my newfound platform to launch a non-profit organization dedicated to supporting these victims. Using my legal expertise, I created a network of lawyers and advocates who could help victims navigate the legal system and seek justice. The organization quickly gained momentum, with donations pouring in from all over the country. I was overwhelmed by the support and grateful for the opportunity to use my skills and knowledge to make a difference. It's only been a year since my graduation, but I've dedicated myself to practicing law while I actively work with the organization as they help victims of harassment and abuse find the support and resources they needed to heal and move forward. I also became an outspoken advocate for stronger laws and policies to protect victims and hold perpetrators accountable. Despite the challenges I faced along the way, I was grateful for the journey that led me to this point. I had learned to stand up for myself and others, to use my ability to make a difference, and to never give up in the face of adversity. My dream of becoming a successful lawyer had taken a different path than I had expected, but I knew that I was exactly where I was meant to be. I was making a difference in the world and helping create a safer, more just society for all. 
This is really a very inspiring story. They took a situation which was quite possibly the darkest thing of their life and turned it into something that really kind of shapes the rest of their life and gives them great fulfilling purpose. I think there definitely comes a point where most people find they want to at least try to achieve something, but it goes to show that some other things can come along and completely change your whole feeling of your life's purpose. I think it's also great that this situation has inspired other people to not stay silent or feel like they have to cover something up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.